everyone, and welcome to our new episode of We Talk, We Crashed. We're going to be breaking down episode five of We Crashed, Hustle Harder. That's going to be on my tombstone, that's for damn sure. We are so excited to be breaking down this episode and talking about everything that happened in here, storyline-wise and character-wise. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am one of your hosts. I am the outlaw, John Rogan. I'm joined by these two wonderful people from the Hollywood Critics Association as well. The great Nikki Fowler. How are you, Nikki? Hey, John. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm jumping into this. We're going to hustle through this whole episode. Griffin Schiller, how are you, Griffin? I'm great. Let's yeah. get into this. Uh, if I just love every week that we can you know, talk about these horrible people. Just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Said it straight up. Mean. Brings me joy, right? <laughs> That's good stuff. And for those of you who are watching, please remember to comment down below as we go along or after the show is over whatever you feel like doing and subscribe to the hollywood critics association as well and don't forget to put that hashtag we uh, hashtag we talk we crashed when you post any comments or post this video on your social media and we hope you do so as well and if you want to send comments in or if you want to send some emails in to let us know how you feel about the show or what we've talked about please make sure you do that at shows at hollywood critics association.com that shows at hollywood critics association.com and we'll read some on the air. We definitely have a couple of comments to read later on in the show as we get into it. All right, this is a spoiler episode. Just let me know, spoiler review, in case you've just found us randomly out of the blue, we will be spoiling things. So if you haven't seen episode five, go and watch it and come on back here. And before we break down episode five of We Crashed, I had the pleasure to sit down with Drew Carvello and Lee Eisenberg, the two creators of the show, to talk to them about their series and how it's going so far and tease a little bit of what might be coming up next for the end of the season. Gentlemen, how are you? How are you feeling? The Adam and Rebecca of the creators of this show. How are you two gentlemen? We're doing great. You'll have to decide which one of us is the Adam and which one of us is the Rebecca. That's I'll what let the- you know by the end of the interview. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're right, <laughs> also, don't, don't forget the Miguel. Oh, yes. Which one's the Miguel? I'll be the Adam and the Miguel. I'll be the Miguel since I'm the Latino. I'll do that. Um, I do want to ask you right off the bat. I'll ask you some spoiler stuff, but I want to ask you general stuff first real quick. What drew you both to this story? I've seen the documentary last year. Uh, I started listening to the podcast on a two-hour drive to L.A. when I was asked to become one of the hosts for this recap, uh, this review show, rather. And I was just struck by so much about this story. What connected to both of you, both as human beings, but, but as as a writers and showrunners as well. You know, the I had read a few articles about WeWork, you know, over the last few years, definitely was aware of it. I, you know, I had a meeting in a WeWork and yeah. the podcast was sent to me. Wondery and I uh, were trying to find something to do together and I devoured it. And Drew and I, Drew's one of my best friends. We've been trying to, you know, find something to do together for years now. I sent it to him. And when we started talking about it initially, the thing that we both connected on was the Adam and Rebecca relationship. Mm-hmm. There's a love story at the center of this. And that felt, we, you know, we both love rise and fall stories, love stories about finance and right. you know, private planes and all and, and all of that. Um, but what, what was so kind of what grounded it were these two characters and the fact that uh, that because of this love story, that's how this $47 billion valuation mm-hmm. came to be. Um, and that it wasn't, you know, people have asked us, you know, why did you decide to focus on the love story? And from our perspective, and we've spoken to a lot of people about that were, you know, very much in the trenches of WeWork. There would be no, there would be no WeWork without Adam. There would also be no WeWork without Rebecca. We have mapped out tons of negotiation scenes and business scenes. And what we found was like everything paled in comparison to just Adam and Rebecca and the kind of dynamic between them. And, and we just kept coming back to 
really what was the most interesting part of the story. And sure, I mean, Adam had plenty of finance meetings and meetings with his teams at WeWork, but it's really what he and Rebecca are talking about and how she's influencing his thinking and how, you know, she starts to kind of shape the company. That's the unique stuff that makes it different than any other business story we ever heard before. Yeah. yeah. I think the one thing I'd add to that too is as writers, I mean, we want to get all the financials right. And I think that there's, I think there's plenty of scenes in the show that, that have fun and you're watching the negotiations and you're seeing the numbers increase and all of that, but yeah, it all yeah. needs to come from character. And so you want to understand how Adam, how Adam is able to convince all of these people with a company that has a valuation that's so far out of whack with their financials. Right. And I think that Jared is mesmerizing. And I think you see all of these moments where he's so compelling in, in his sales pitch to you know, prospective employees and to when he's even a student at Baruch College or all of that stuff. That it, and when you see him trying to kind of sell you know, prospective uh, tenants, yeah. you're like, oh, his superpower was talking and salesmanship. I now understand you've now created the shorthand so that when you see him with Masa or when you see him with Bruce Dunleavy or any of those moments, you understand why people on both sides of the table, both Adam and the investors, why, why both sides are so afraid to lose the other. The scenes that you see are us exploring what, it, what might have made Adam Newman tick. Yeah. With Rebecca is an interesting journey we're going on. Of course, Anne Hathaway also doing a wonderful job and all the physical changes. You know, she's spoken about the diet and the change to look like Rebecca. And she comes really close, which is incredible to see. What we found with Rebecca is she's complicated, like all of us. And the fact, what, what, what must it be like to want to be a professional actress and your first cousin is Gwyneth Paltrow? She's yeah. winning an Oscar. She's dating the most famous men in the world. And Rebecca is a struggling actress. And she moves out to LA to become an actress. And that doesn't work out. And then she goes to India and she's studying under the Dalai Lama. And then she becomes a yogini. And all of these steps, it felt like Rebecca is a searcher. And that she hadn't quite kind of latched onto her thing. And that was something that we dramatized, you know, particularly in the first four episodes. And it continues on through the rest of the season. Yeah. Is I think there's a restlessness. I think it's also hard when you want to be, you know, an actor, an actor, an actress is kind of out in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she leaves kind of Gwyneth Paltrow in a way. And then she's, she marries Adam Newman. Adam Newman is the rock star. Adam Newman yeah. is the star. And we see that dramatized at the end of episode two, when he's at the JP Morgan conference and Rebecca's watching him. Yeah. Anne Hathaway's face, I think in the span of 12 seconds makes about a hundred different expressions of, Jealousy and excitement and frustration yeah. and admiration and envy. Um, Pride. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then, uh, and then coming up later uh, in episode five, we'll see again how Rebecca deals with, uh, you know, being kind of next to the person who yeah. is the, uh, that, that burns so bright. Well, let's talk about Miguel. There's another character in this yeah. triumvirate here. I mean, let's talk. I mean, this is. I, a, I feel like in, in typical Miguel fashion, he's been forgotten about until very late in this. We have uh, we have 15 seconds left. Let's <laughs> talk about Miguel. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what a phenomenal performance here, and and Miguel, the oh, character, amazing. he's just so good from the beginning. You connect to him, you care about him. He's he is almost. I know you're you're telling the story through the eyes of Adam and Rebecca, but Miguel is almost us. Like we're watching this all happen. We're seeing him react to it. 
it. And he's caught up with this stuff with Adam. He actually wants to help Adam. And so when you're creating and you're right, and he's starting to slowly move to the side a little bit, you can see the power of him moving a little bit to the left. How important was it for you to establish him so early in the story here? First of all, what really helped was Kyle Marvin is just so yeah. excellent in the role and has just is such like an innately empathetic person yeah. that uh, I think he was able to, you really feel for him, right? Like when Rebecca starts to kind of really elbow him out of the way, you know, you just feel for this guy because, you know, he's kind and he's gentle and he's all these things. What was really tricky about the Miguel character and what I think Kyle nailed so well and what which you see in episode four yeah. is as empathetic as he is and as much as you see him kind of slowly being pushed out of the way and, and things are coming in the coming episodes. I mean, episode seven, you it really kind of reshifts its, its kind of climax. Wow. But in addition to feeling for him as being pushed out of the way, you also get more and more frustrated with Miguel because... Okay he could stand up to Adam in some of these moments and say, hey, this is a great idea for a business. We've got something special here. Like we're starting to go off the rails. Like, hey, buddy, like let's pump the brakes or let's do this differently. Yeah. And in episode four, as I mentioned, you know, there's that moment where, you know, one of the employees who's so frustrated with Adam and how the company's being run turns to Miguel and is looking for him to do something, and he just gets up on stage with Adam and parties. We used to be okay with the gray, but we seem to have slid back into this spot now where we want to, like, we're fascinated by these people, but we need to pass judgment on them so we can put them in a certain place. I wonder for both of you, what was the challenge as you were building these, I mean, building these characters? What was the challenge of like teetering too far over the line one way or the other when you were constructing this show? Um, and w did you have to pull yourself back from from one thing in order to make it a more nuanced and layered uh, approach to these characters? You know, I think for us, like I said, we dug in and did so much research. Mm -hmm. And the more you dig into people, you develop empathy for them. And so there's no interest in us from the beginning. There's plenty of funny things in it. And I think there's yeah. comedy where you're it's laughing with them and comedy that you're laughing at them yeah. as there is in real life. But we, we never set the show up to be like, oh, we're going to take these people down. Right. What we wanted to do is kind of create a 360 degree version of them to create these dimensionalized characters where you're rooting for them at times. You, you know, you want to strangle them at times. You want to shake them. And like that to us as writers is a challenge where your allegiances change from episode to episode. And yeah. that, that, that was something that was something that we always, always talked about. And what are the mechanisms that allow somebody or a company to grow from having, you know, no spaces to all of a sudden they're, you know, over the course of 10 years, they're worth $47 billion. What are the financial institutions? What are these, you know, these VCs that come in and are all kind of part of it that we talked a lot about FOMO, you know, all of these things kind of go into the stew of the show and, you know, early days we were, you know, we were exploring all of these different things and should we cut for, to different perspectives and ultimately seeing all of it through Adam and Rebecca's eyes was, was the most interesting version of it. Right. But again, we weren't trying to like, there's a scene in episode two where Rebecca does that Russian accent. Yes. Oh my God. Play. Yeah. And people laugh. It's a, you know, it's a funny scene and, you know, certainly, you know, I'm a comedy writer and I, I understand, I understand what the nature of the comedy of that scene is. The scene after it is her in the uh, in the stairwell, and she she realizes 
in that moment, she she talks to her her kind of the the director afterwards, and she realizes that she does not have, she's not going to make it as an actress. She doesn't have the skills. She has her bouquet of flowers, and she just breaks down by herself. Right. And that's the moment that's actually more important. That's the revealing moment. Not that she's not that she's a bad actress or that she made the wrong choice. It's realizing that the life that you've chosen is not going to be the life that you lead. Right. And then she has this dismissive moment with a director later where she has almost oh, yeah. shut her out. Like once I don't, I once I, I don't want, I don't want to be reminded of that life anymore. You're out. And it shuts her down pretty hard. And so I find that I always find that to be fascinating about both of these characters when they make these decisions, all of a sudden, boom, like Adam using his dad, uh, in essence to make the connection with Masayoshi san. How much of what we see in the show is all is accurate? Like in terms of the instances, you said you've done these this research, you've had these conversations. Is any of that um, uh, for creative license, or is, did all of that happen in their story? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of inevitable, right? I mean, there's this is a dramatic portrayal, right? It's not a it's not a documentary, and for us, like what was most interesting was trying to figure out like what. What did these two talk about, right? What happened in the moments in between the moments that were publicly reported? Right. And to do that, that's why to go back to all the research and interviews that we did by kind of constructing these psychological profiles and really trying to get a sense of who they were, we felt like we were able to kind of like extrapolate like, okay, what were they talking about around this time? But you know, we're in their bedroom when they're having intimate conversations. We're at the dinner table with them and their kids. No one was there, right? So right. you have to sort of, you know, take dramatic license and, and kind of, uh, you know, and, and sort of just dramatize, um, you know, your interpretation of events. We have 15 years at most to turn the climate crisis around. And meat consumption is the number one cause of climate change. And now with the plane, we have to offset our carbon footprint. I'll read the article. Okay, I'll read it. You know, it takes me a while. I don't care about the article. I just, I just want you to do something. Okay, I want us to do something to save our children's planet. Okay, no meat in our kitchens. No meat in our business meals. No, no, that, that, no that's, meat. That's, that's not the. the no, no, no. But, but, but you know, we can't say that we want to change the world and then remain complicit in the animal industrial complex until we completely eliminate meat. We work as a Joke. Joke. Yes. Okay, I'll think about this. I already thought about it. All right, this one is called Hustle Harder. Uh, you know, kind of brings up shades of the Kim Kardashian recently to have interviews saying people need to work harder. Certainly people are working hard in this uh, episode of, uh, of We Crashed here. Nikki, so much to talk about. Adam here is going crazy, needing to make more, needing to make more money, needing to use that money to like push these uh, these new WeWork places out in so many different locations and cities around the world. The stress of Masa's money now. Once you get the $4.4 billion, it's what you do with the $4.4 billion that becomes essential. We have the stuff with Rebecca going on, trying to figure out where she belongs. Rebecca and Alicia having a bit of a, a possible breakup here as Adam and Rebecca get back together a little more strongly. And then, of course, we also have Masa kind of hanging over everything. So tell me, what was your overall thoughts about this episode? episode episode five in the series i thought it was a lot of fun yeah. and uh lots of humor as we discussed on the last episode mm, yes. that this you know yeah. there's a lot of laugh, laugh out loud moments you know with miguel in the office yes. when they're doing that impromptu dance uh, i don't know if that was planned <laughs> or not with uh, adam there with the five families and um you know 
getting to see more of what he's doing with this 4.4 billion mm. um and then the light bulb going off on hey you know massa invested in alibaba 20 million which they flipped to 150 billion yeah. so the pressure is on and we're seeing them scramble to um you know scale the company and not really in the most ethical ways yeah i thought um you know a lot of the um funny scenes with him trying to um the you know with the construction in the beginning mm -hmm. and the mice mm -hmm. and the decorative toilets all this stuff is pretty funny um and then rebecca and alicia which we'll get to yeah, yeah, <laughs> i have a lot to sure. say on that for so sure. really loved um that deep dive into the two of them absolutely i, I didn't know there was a, a a chinese word for ball pit and now i do so i've just seen this episode <laughs> so griffin talk to me how did you feel about this episode five here that you know we're past the halfway yeah. point in the series this is uh, jettisoning us into these last four episodes yeah this might have been my favorite episode uh of the series mm. um as we were kind of talking before we started just because i think of how concise it was you know mm. we finally have the establishing of the company set in place we understand these people so they can be a little bit more shorthand in terms of like them going around and whatnot and so i think we got to the to the meat of just like adam and rebecca and their kind of uh you know the the full extent of their manipulation mm -hmm. i guess right we kind of we we've seen them be really shady people throughout the the entire show and i think in this episode in particular adam basically just like s trying to put a monopoly on like the the co-working space environment mm -hmm. just swallowing these other companies whole and then like rebecca just completely uh you, you know throwing alicia under the bus and just like stealing her position from her there, there's just a lot of just like really um questionable decisions yeah. that go down in this episode that i think are ultimately going to come back to bite them in the ass and that's going to be part, the, a big reason of what leads to their uh downfall also mm. i just we also briefly talked about this but like the the the, the idea of their their mission statement kind of changing yeah. episode to episode like it started out as like you know elevating the world's consciousness and then you know adam's like no we're here to cure loneliness and then it's back to elevating the world's consciousness i think it kind of speaks to the the back and forth of adam and rebecca in terms of just like their overall vision for the company mm. and um you know when rebecca's in there talking about saving the soul of the company she's really talking about like just getting her face out there as much as Adam's face is out there so right. it, it, while there weren't a whole lot of like butting heads between Rebecca and Adam in this episode you did feel that kind of like friction between th the two of them and like how they they do business yeah it's a great point you bring up here and, and, and Nikki I'll go back to you listen both of them are scrambling both of them are scrambling in different ways I would say Griffin bringing up excellent points here Rebecca scrambling to figure out where she belongs in this, and this has been happening over three episodes now, we really see some of the uglier characteristics of Rebecca's way of handling things when she's uncomfortable with someone around or someone's in her office or she's envious of someone coming in and taking her supposed, you know, soul of the company stuff. She's going to let them go or remove their titles and do what she needs to do to reassert her, her strength. And then Adam over here scrambling around trying to figure out how he can keep opening these offices and keep opening these businesses and making all these deals so he doesn't disappoint Masa. We're leading us to this uh, meeting with Masa there uh, that they have with Miguel. So what did you think about watching both of these characters scramble throughout this episode? 
Yeah, um, I didn't see them both equally in the same way as mm. being manipulative. I oh, I, this is go- okay. <laughs> All right, let's so see, yeah, let's let me break this. down Rebecca a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, I'm giving her a pass as the series goes on. I'm just taking it for what I see each episode. I mean, we do know in real life the true story, but um, you know, with Rebecca, you have to look at it as this is a woman who put one million of her family's money into this company mm-hmm. and her vision and idea to push uh, out out there to do this and she's having to you know when she's brushed aside at the time 100 Mm -hmm. he's saying this is about us this is for us and it's always we and in real life interviews he calls her the boss he you know he puts her on this pedestal but it's such a muddy water because Mm -hmm. at the office people have no respect for her you know she has an office and you know don't wear shoes in my office but there are people tracking through and the way she's doing it is kind of awful Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. not giving anyone like a warning she's just letting them go um but you have to look at it from her side a little bit that you know she she's an investor and Mm -hmm. one million is a lot of money to invest in a startup and she just doesn't feel like she's part of the company up to this point and so i kind of felt for a little bit of there's no title for her and so this whole interaction with alicia we have to remember alicia knew about WeWork Mm -hmm. prior to speaking with Rebecca, but she didn't let on that she did. Mm -hmm. And so we have to ask, why did she keep that a secret? Why didn't she say, hey, I know about your company. Your husband's been trying to recruit me. So there is something there. The writing is so good on this because Mm -hmm. you just don't know what the motives are. Um, And then coming from a business aspect, I see Rebecca as seeing someone infiltrating their company Mm. and basically, you know, touche, she kind of said, look, we're not firing you, but you don't have that position. And, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of, you know, dumpster Mm, fire stuff that happens, but you have to look at it from someone who invested money, who also is part of the vision. And, um, you know, companies are competitive and just because maybe they're two women and they're having this duel, you know, yeah. it, it's business, you know, okay. but she, she didn't fire her. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, to, please. Go yeah. To, to your point, I, I completely agree with everything you said. I just, I think I, when, when I just see her and I see her, what, what she kind of ends up doing to a lot of people who did nothing to slight her necessary. Well, I mean, maybe like little things here or there in the company, it just becomes like very erratic, I guess, behavior because she's trying to claim some sense of power in this, uh, you know, company where she ultimately has none, and not even like necessarily in the company, just in life in general, she feels like she Mm. has no power. So like, I I don't remember the scene specifically, but there was basically, I think it was the, the, the time 100, uh, event that she went to and she was kind of like brushed to the side and the next day she comes in and she fires someone because that gives her a little bit of power and no one can really say no to her because she's kind of in that gray area of, is she with the company? Is she not? But I don't, I I think her thinking that Alicia, uh, you know, joined the company because she saw Rebecca as her way in might be a little bit of her insecurities showing, because I, I do think that that friendship between her and Alicia is at least like, uh, illustrated as being genuine. Like, I do think that they are friend- friendly with each other. I do think that, like, uh, Rebecca helped Alicia in, like, kind of move past her divorce in a sense. But at the same time, I do understand why 
Rebecca would be feeling the way that she does about Alicia. And especially when she, like, you know, she already has these feelings about her. And then she goes and she says, she sees Alicia saying the exact same things that she said to, yeah. uh, sorry, that Rebecca said to Alicia to like a client in order to get business. And so that obviously makes the light bulb go off in Rebecca's mind that mm-hmm. like, oh, Take- I can do this job. She's literally just taking my words taking and her persona. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, so I, the, yeah. the problem is that she's parachuting in. This is the issue. Yeah. Like she is not there at the office all the time. She's not even really. Have we seen her mother, her children at all, rather than making an occasional well, comment or picking her kids up so she can conveniently Adam be either. there? For, yeah. Right, <laughs> because not, Adam's yeah. running the company. He's but, actually there in the office yeah. doing things. What is Rebecca doing with all her downtime mm-hmm. and then parachuting in now? Because, as Alicia said. You've got no light of your own, and that's that what was, you're looking for. I thought that was very bitter to say wow. in that interaction okay. because uh, uh, um, Rebecca was still, you know, she didn't fire her. She just was, you know, touching her. That she didn't I'm, even tell her she was going to re- well, d- re- demean her Alicia, or take her title. Alicia didn't say, I'm coming into your company, you know. She, we, we don't know that. That's your theory that she oh, did. Oh, is it? Yes. I thought, I thought, <laughs> no, Rebecca no. accused her of it. doesn't mean it's true. Of Wait, Alicia... I thought didn't even pick up the phone when Rebecca was calling her. Remember right. all that? Once she got in, yeah, mm-hmm. once she, because Rebecca, you know, a little too needy. Maybe Alicia didn't want to pick up the phone <laughs> okay. so much. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, that's my theory. I think but, Alicia's still very calculated in that whole scene, like you said, mm. about, you know, taking on her persona yeah, and yeah. wanting to change things. And in business, you have a lot of that. You have people that will use your sure. brand to jumpstart something else. Right. Uh, I brought this up as far as investors. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, use your brand for for the glossy and go and make deals here and there. So, um, well, Masa could have been doing that too with, uh, with we work originally, but, um, yeah, you know, that whole dynamic, I just looked at it from a business aspect of, you know, it's, it's cutthroat out there. I'm not approving or disapproving. I'm just saying that. I think what you said earlier is fantastic. I mean, the idea that we, they have such great writers there that they're, Mm -hmm. they're having the three of us kind of, uh, you know, you don't know, no, don't know. And figuring out (laughs) our point, I was very solid when I came in. And then you started talking and, and laying your points out and Griffin laid some points out. And I was like, I, maybe I'm questioning a little bit because I, I just was on a, a, a Alicia's side the whole time. And, I, and when she told her what's what, I was like, hell yeah, you tell her what's what. Now yeah. you're telling me that maybe yeah. that was a little bit I of think I don't know. I look at it from a point of women in business as well. And there everybody can't be an Alicia. There are Alicias, but then there's also Rebecca's too. People can't find their way all the time as mm. women. And, you know, Dave Chappelle said years ago when, uh, you know, he, you know, went out of the industry and came back, he said, maybe it's not the person, maybe it's the environment or the industry. Mm, And, you know, typically we don't, the society doesn't raise women to be founders of companies. And I talked about those facts on the last uh, review that we did. So I'm a little bit more patient with Rebecca. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm like approving of everything she's doing. Are you excusing her firing a dude, putting fries on or them having the meeting? Because she's never in the office. Absolutely. That's completely you know, sporadic and yeah. um, that's just not the way that you do things. And she doesn't really have the skill set. And again, she's yes. not there, but you know, I still look at her as someone she invested in the company. You that's know, and fair. It's just, yeah. well, so it's I, like I think this a, little balance. Yeah. Of, I think a lot of this kind of speaks to the original problem, which is that Adam got all of his kind of like inspiration. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when, when she was asked, are you a magician, a maverick or a muse? She's very clearly amused and she even admits that she's amused and she wants to, change that or at least the brand guy is like well okay don't you want to change that um but like adam you constantly uses her as a source for inspiration for like his brilliant ideas and like he keeps telling her that she's a part of the company that it's a that is a 
we work like they're them working together to create this company yet she does not have a definitive title and position Mm -hmm. within the company so if the guy who runs the company isn't even giving her the credit on paper that she deserves he can say you know whatever he wants he's a really great sweet talker but he's not if he's not giving her the credit that she deserves on paper Mm -hmm. then how is that supposed to like trickle down into the rest of the people yeah it's like yeah so you finally want so like you i get why she reacts the way that she does and she's kind of backed into a corner now where she has to start being scrappy you wait know? a minute you guys are taking her agency away from she backed herself into her corner she backed herself into this situation she's the one that parachuted and parachuted out she's off in floaty land talking about how we need to veganize the whole company and randomly reading an article and say we need to think, save the yeah, earth I, for I think our children this is she's a she's an absolutely lost soul yeah. who is oh. terrible at everything she does <laughs> except I know. For I don't believe Adam. that. It wasn't <laughs> even her money. It was her dad's money. But it was a million dollars. And so, but uh, but I doubt all that being said. Adam couldn't I think even buy making, dinner when she met him. Yeah, yeah that's true. Exactly. That's true. But, so, but it, you're both making excellent points. She certainly yeah. was a massive inspiration in WeWork happening, and you can't yeah. deny that. It's just weird when she has no business experiences all running anything, let alone her own yoga studio right. or her own yoga class, even, that for her to swe- uh, swoop on in and think she knows what's up and want all this respect when she's done little to no work other than, you know, uh, inspiring Adam at certain moments. I think well, he you used to do her, the, you know, you in know. real life, you know, to the benefit of the company quite a bit. Yeah, know, and so, I want to come back on you because a couple episodes ago you said – Adam's off uh, doing these deals. Miguel is doing the hard work. Miguel what is, is the hard work that Rebecca's doing uh, that, uh, you know, in the couches? Listen, I didn't say she was a Miguel. <laughs> well, she, she's elevating the company's consciousness. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. elevating Whatever everyone's consciousness. abstractly means, right. as Alicia calls yeah. it. Well, but that's the difference right. yeah. between yeah. WeWork and all of these other, the five families. Yeah. They're doing yeah. the same thing. And WeWork has this culture, this, mm-hmm. you know, now technology and, you know, the real estate all combined to one that has gotten them this valuation and all of this investment so that's her essence like that's fair yeah and let's 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 and you speak about uh the the you know the other co-working space the other co-working companies certainly that becomes a big issue Mm -hmm. in this uh in this episode let's move on to that griffin i'll go to you first on this one adam now how do you see adam you know inspired by the 4.4 billion right he is he you know masa is delaying his responses when he's trying to show off to Masa that he got IBM aboard, he got all this stuff, and Masa's not happy to the point where Masa brings him in to have this conversation with him and Miguel. And he said, I didn't hear you. I didn't bring you here to talk about numbers. I'm trying to inspire you. I need you to be even crazier, uh, which, of course, leads to Bruce and Cameron having that exchange. But here is Adam, and he's opening up places all over the place, all over the place, opening up places, uh, places rather, and he's celebrating it. What, a 13 uh, countries, I think it is, or 22 cities, 13 countries, but a lot of places open. So he's, he's constantly going around. And then by the end, he is now firmly in place with a jet, with uh, Amasa's money, with all these things opening up, and now crushing his competitors, bringing them onto private jets, making them fly over so he can set up an installation with an actor he hired to completely embarrass 
a real life uh, uh, CEO here. What did you think about his behavior throughout the whole episode? And what happened with him? Yeah, this is his metamorphosis into the the wolf of WeWork, right? Or like the the wolf <laughs> of co working spaces. That's good. Uh, I, I think it's interesting how we see both Adam and I'm just going to go back to Rebecca yeah, yeah. just for a second. We see both Adam and Rebecca going through these kind of soul searching journeys, and I think it speaks to the larger. Uh, issue with the company mm-hmm. is that they're selling something abstract because the founders don't really know what it is they're selling. They're trying to figure it out themselves. They're trying to discover themselves. Mm-hmm. And so the, the entire like idea behind the company is just so like untangible and they're unsure. And it's what it's, you know, a little wishy-washy is going back and forth. And I think this episode, we finally see them take that step to becoming the, the final version of themselves that like they Mm -hmm. kind of want to be, or that they, they need to be, I guess with Adam, it's, it's, he, he's a guy who's always talked a big game since the moment that we've met him, but like, it's always, it's never been to the, uh, to the extent that we see in this Mm -hmm. episode. He, he hasn't gone crazy enough. Right. Like I love that whole, uh, question that Masa poses is like, you know, if you you have a fight between a smart guy and a crazy guy, who's going to win? Right. And Adam says, which the is crazy real, guy. by the way. That is actually what but that has been reported a number of places. Masa actually asked him that, and yeah. that's what helps solidify Adam even more with Masa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like Adam needed to be pumped full of that. Like, look, you're just simply not there yet. Mm-hmm. You think you're there. You think you've got it all figured out. You think you have this company all figured out, but you don't. And it's because you don't have yourself figured out. And in Masa basically just lets the, the full, the final form version of Adam off the leash. And that's where we get these really like mm-hmm. extreme cases of him, you know, bulldozing over these uh, co-working mm-hmm. spaces and, um, you know, basically trying to put it, like, get a monopoly on the market there. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's, it's effective. And the same thing kind of happens for Rebecca too. It's like after the the uh, interactions with Alicia, and she realizes that Alicia is kind of like taking her words and putting them into practice, and basically like creating uh, a role in the company that she can do. At least she thinks that she can do. That gives her the strength to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to take control of my own uh, agency and be and actually be a a part of this company on paper. So mm-hmm. like a lot of this episode, I think is about that that like metamorphosis of the characters and with with Adam it is yeah it's yeah. it's taking that final step well yeah. I, 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 I wanted to add yeah. and also I was thinking you know what match lit under everyone and it's that 4.4 billion dollars yeah. yeah. even yeah. with Rebecca you know she's house hunting you know 13.5 million dollar house hunting yeah. and you know money has moved everyone and you know Adam's having to pivot fast and take out the competition because he doesn't have a plan yet, mm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, he, that's yeah. his that's his first inclination of what can I do? Yeah. Before. Uh, and we, we hear it's 33 tr- trillion. 30, yeah. I can't even conceive of that number. <laughs> that he writes six. it on yeah. the guy's yeah. head. He writes it on the guy's head. Yeah, which is, you know. Obnoxious. And, and we're seeing, right. Well, well, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how you're going after Adam, but you're no, I thought, off the No, no, no. You that, thought it was obnoxious. I was laughing. Yeah, yeah, I'm laughing yeah. at Jared. I'm laughing at the whole scene. Yeah, Also, where he's got the wolf mask on and he's like humming, coming in the office humming after that little well, he's, uh, breakout yeah, he's, dance. He's such a, this just continues that line of like immaturity, right? And like yeah. he's just like lashing out in random ways and that, that meeting with the five families like mm-hmm. conceivably on paper like is actually kind of like a cool thing where they can kind of come together and just like create this environment where they're all working for like a nice collective good and then you've got this freaking guy in here with like a, a wolf mask. He's dancing to the Harlem shake out in the like, you know, lobby and 
everything. He comes back in, and they're like, we can't have a serious conversation with this guy. Do you think he planned that? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. No, he... He plans everything. Yeah, the fact that he can do something like that is him flexing on them. He's like, oh, you guys are worried about, like, how you're going to, like, sustain as a business and all Mm. this stuff. And it's like, I don't care. I can, like, half listen to your conversation and be out there, like, doing this internet trend and all this stuff. And then he says, I'm going to the Time 100. Are are any of you? But that's how you play the game. The way he plays the game is to absolutely, he's like shark in the water, right? Yeah. He wants yeah. to destroy yeah. them and humiliate them and emasculate them so that eventually they will acquiesce and sell him he, all the shares and he owns everything, which is what Masa told him to do. Yeah. You got yeah. to be crazier. And certainly we're seeing him be crazier and indulging, maybe uh, indulging these impulses to destroy everyone around him because right. maybe he held back in the past for, as you said, wanting to get along. I mean, you're not elevating people's consciousness if you're destroying them under your feet. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. kind of antithetical to your overall supposed goal. So uh, I find that to be fascinating. What did you think about Adam through this whole uh, episode here, seeing him just kind of initially think he's done enough, and then Masa calling him, and then watching him go right into the stratosphere, uh, indulging some of his worser instincts? Yeah, we did see a really dark Adam mm-hmm. on that air- airplane, uh, I mean, oh, on yeah. that jet. That's Excuse the first me. time I think we've seen <laughs> the darkness really, of really Adam dark. and, and the Leslie back and forth last episode like you know I will fight don't talk to me yes, like that again yes, we saw yeah. the glimpse this is a full p- look full, yeah. well, full then at, at well, the top of this episode in yeah. Shanghai when he's talking to the builder and the builder's like what you, that wasn't on the floor pan right. he's like yelling at him about like not having the second floor of the, the yeah. building yeah, yeah. like yeah, you start to see it like kind of like slip out every the now and then. The pressure is but getting to yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, not to give too much on the real life Adam Newman, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's always been preaching that it's people, culture, profit. And yeah. we're just seeing the direct opposite in this, where it's all about profits for right. him. Yeah. And Masa, you know, he's... He's, you know, he invested in Alibaba and look at the return he got. That's right. what he's expecting from WeWork. He doesn't mm-hmm. realize that... You know, number one, they have all of those losses. 1.9 in losses, Miguel reveals. 1.8 revenue, but 1.9 losses. And um, a lot of founders don't look at the numbers when they're passing out, you know, capital. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes it's just an idea and you get an investment. So that's totally um, realistic. But, um, yeah, we're just seeing him really scramble. Yeah. Well, and you, and you see the uh, interactions he has with Rebecca, you know, the olive juice moment, mm-hmm. the I love you through yeah. the window. And, you know, she he is. And I think Alicia, I think Alicia was right to say, like, Adam is shining brightly and you're afraid that you can't shine as bright. And that and in, in a way that almost might inspire Rebecca as we go forward to be even more. Um, I don't know, you stomping around WeWork even more and flexing her muscle as she will uh, and do her thing. So yeah, I wonder I if she's... that's where we're, we're going to go. But Adam seems to have had no problem with her firing all these people. We didn't see any scenes with him yeah. having an issue with but it. Do you think he even knows that, that these people are being fired? That's what I, I'm getting I, I, yeah, at. And yeah. I wonder if she well, he, knows what she's he doing. He gives her leniency, you know, when, yeah. you know, he, he, you know, their relationship, you know, this, again, this is, a love story overlapping yeah. this. And we really don't, you know, we see the breaks with the pressure of the business, but he's still, he's still present. You yeah. know, he's, they have these little touching moments and you're like, is this real? Yeah. Can someone that can be so cold and calculated still 
be, you know, kind of warm. You know, he's giving her the massage and mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. he's just very loving. And again, oh, like I said, her. they're still together. Yes. Yeah. But um, he definitely loves her. I mean, yeah. her squeal when they got the, which was, you know, rich people squeal when she got <laughs> the uh, $15 million for the, yeah. uh, you know, for the yeah. house and those yeah. kinds of things. She's indulging the money though. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that to me is a, like, they're both, I guess they're both, I guess to be fair. Yeah. They're both kind of really I, giving I wanted in to, to ask, <laughs> too, it yeah. came into my head. Yeah. What would the average person do with 4.4? If someone said, I'm going to invest 4.4 billion or whatever number into your company, would you scramble? Would you try, you know, <laughs> it's a little ethics question. I'd buy a whole country. <laughs> what, what, what would you do? Would you scramble? Would uh, you pivot? I, I have no I have absolutely no idea. I can't even fathom that amount of money. Um, the thing I think is interesting that you brought up about her being drawn to the money, at least when she's around Adam and stuff like that. I think she's trying to speak to him in a way that like he responds to. Cause like you see her trying to communicate yeah. with him with like the whole vegan ethics thing. And like, he can't really be so bothered. It's, it is ridiculous, but it is like, she's trying to communicate to him because it's like, that's the only way that he kind of works as a person. Mm. So thoughts on how this whole thing went down with Adam and what he's trying to do here with expanding the company, um, you know, it was at 20 locations in 13 cities, as I mentioned yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. trying to take over the entire co-working space here, embarrassing that dude. What did you think about that moment where he embarrassed uh, 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 the, the gentleman? What's his name? Oh, Jamie, I, I think, was Jamie, the guy yeah, in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Jamie Hadari, right, in real life of Industrious, having that installation put up, I mean... Mm. What I mean, kind of brilliant. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, that's that's you know. that's Adam unleashed, right? Yeah, like he's right. he's unafraid of like making people feel smaller than they, uh, you know, than they deserve to feel. Right. So like that, yeah, that that is definitely in line with that. But at the same time, I think it's interesting. You know, you could you could look at this a couple of ways, and we had this conversation you, you about like you know maybe he flew him there so that he could set up the thing to embarrass him when yeah. he came back, or he is so confident in his ability to woo people that yeah. he thought that he could just like steal this guy and his business very cleanly, and that you he would have an another ally mm-hmm. on his side mm-hmm. in terms of just like expanding we work and stuff like that. He's like, I'm giving you purpose, and the guy's like, I don't really care. And you're like weird abstract yeah. culture that you're trying to sell. I just want to have people who know my name, a really fun environment for them to work at, mm-hmm. and just like a, a, a like conducive culture to like productivity. Yeah, but my fear is, you know, they're they're about the status, not necess- and and they delude themselves when they parachute in to actually be at a WeWork thing. Remember, he is flying all over the place. He yeah. is not really staying in a lot of the WeWork. He, when he's in the meetings, he's bored because he doesn't feel. Because I think what I'm getting is that he thinks they're beneath him. They're not Absolutely. as they're not yeah. as intelligent. Yeah. Absolutely. So he's wasting his time even being in the room mm-hmm. with these guys, which is why he puts the werewolf mask on. But also with his own team, he feels mm-hmm. like he's above his own team. Yeah. In the, well, I they, mean, writing the 73 million. They were someone's... laughing when they let 7% of the company go. Yeah. And in yeah. real life interviews, you know, Adam Newman is saying how bad they felt. Yeah, right. <laughs> you and know, and that, saw... the, I think this is a little fun fact. Even yeah. the ex-employees are still part of the culture. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know. Oh, right. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and and you know, what you saw in the interview uh, with Lee and Drew, they both interviewed a number of former employees, a number of friends of both mm-hmm. Adam and Rebecca to get some uh, um, input in how they were going to present these characters. In the but we're seeing in the series here, though, they're chasing that money and that status of the of the, of the Time One Hundred and the Vanity Fair party. 
that's an it's to make it's to validate themselves Mm -hmm. but eventually that's going to crash you chase all the money you don't work on yourself it's empty 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 and i wonder if that moment of that come to jesus moment is coming for both of them you've asked this in the last episode Mm. or one of our episodes um just about being in business and is this how it is Mm. you know there are a lot of people chasing those covers and a lot of people you know you know competition you know soda company versus soda company. I don't want to plug anyone, but you know, they're influencer doing all those positive comments on their influence. They're behind the scenes Mm -hmm. doing some nefarious stuff probably Mm -hmm. to be in that position and lock down those goals. You you have a lot of copying. You have people that will take from someone's commercial and, you know, just mimic it. I mean, that happens all the time. So, you know, we see it. I I think everyone in a professional field is after validation in some extent. Why? I mean, why do you think Mm. we have like award shows, right? Like there is, there is, something Let's gratifying. Not go there, but yeah. We're not gonna go there, but, but like there is there is something to like being the center of attention on a stage yes. where people are looking at you because you have accomplished something. You should be something. validated. Yeah. Should right. be validated. Right. Absolutely. And I think there there's two sides of this. I think Adam definitely thrives on the success. Uh, they, they both do, honestly. Mm-hmm. They, they thrive on the success and like being seen and being in the spotlight. Um, but I also think that like they don't want to feel like they're they're worth nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like they need that validation. You see every single time people kind of put down Adam and the amount of money his company has made, right. it kind of, it, it discourages him it in a sense. But, or him. Sorry, not discourages, yeah, yeah it re-inspires him yep. for sure. It, we saw that at the dinner, you know, mm-hmm. with those those guys from his class a couple episodes back, we see yeah. that when- The investor, when the he investor, sees him, right, right. When Moss is on the phone taking so long to answer, like mm. he's, he's like, no, I need this validation that like we are, a success right now. He even so. calls him my child. Right? Yeah. Like he, yeah. he kind of immediately, not just mentor, mentee, that's like father, child yeah. type stuff. So yeah. 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 I mean, people and journalists and investors, they have legitimate concerns that why is this valuation blowing all the yeah. other ones out yeah. the water? And they're suspicious yeah. because yeah. it was suspicious. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, we saw Cameron uh, in this episode to so talk about Cameron and Bruce. And then we saw Jamie yeah. Diamond at the beginning. That's uh, Campbell Scott playing uh, the JP Morgan uh, chase guy who wants to be his personal uh, banker here mm-hmm. and calling him a uh, ultra high worth net <laughs> individual, something like yeah. that. So, um, some interesting um, characters are coming into play here. Some bigwigs, and Cameron seems to be the only voice of reason because yeah. Miguel's voice is slowly getting silenced. Yeah. And yeah. even in this episode, he's, he's just he's appeasing him. He's just like right. he's going along with the vision because he's like, okay, well, if this is what he wants, then sure, I'm going to well, do it. He is, he is yeah. resisting, <laughs> but can't get any um, um, space with mm-hmm. Adam. To meet him halfway, what? so then acquiesces because remember yeah. Adam, he comes in with the blueprints and he basically tries to tell Adam, "What are you doing? I'm involved in the blueprints." I'm blah, blah, blah. but Adam escorts him out, saying, "You you you can't be part of this." And then eventually, the 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 six month thing turns into a year when right. they're having that meeting. And that's him finally, like once again, as you said, acquiescing. But he does try to resist. He does try to call Adam out. It's just Adam's not listening to him anymore. Do you do you think Adam actually sees? Miguel's value, or does he just see him as a means to an end? Because I think I think he sees everybody as a means to an end. Well, that's except for Rebecca. To be honest with you, that's what I. Yeah, that's true. But and but even then, there are like some interactions where it's like you question whether or not like. I mean, I don't question that he loves her, but I do think that he does see her as a way to get places, or at least earlier well, on. Well, he's in inspired this. by her, and maybe right. that's the way he's using her. He knows, right. that, man, not overtly, right? More like 
she inspires me. She inspires the company. I love her like this. And that's why um, I don't feel like I'm using her, even though I probably yeah, am. Yeah. And I'll tell you this right now. If someone came in with $10 billion, he would kick Basa to the curb. So, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That's, that's the would. game. So do you, yeah. do you think that Miguel is now realizing this and just that's why he's kind of had a shift in in? I think like, Miguel's tone. done. I think he Miguel, doesn't care. He's just about whatever gets him. Care. It's yeah. that he's done having any kind of power he, in the company. He, yeah. Now he's the Rebecca has come in. He's tar- too far invested. Yeah. And he's basically like, let me see, throw the dice, what's going to happen yeah, right. at this yeah. point. He's already vested in, into the company. Yeah. yeah. He's going to crush him too. Because Rebecca, yeah. Rebecca and him are going to crush Miguel. Because yeah. now the Rebecca has dialed in more to the running of the company and the soul, soul of the company. <laughs> um, she is going to move Miguel's criticisms, Miguel's issues, Miguel's problems with Adam, what he's doing, into an even smaller box that they are not going to pay attention to. I just have that feeling, and they, the show is really is really well done how they set that up, you know? So I've, I've enjoyed that. Adam, uh, yeah. Adam became Michael Scott this episode. I don't know. I don't know if you guys got any of that, but I was Wait, getting a Michael lot. Michael Scott of just, was not good at what he did. Well, no, no, that was it, like it's like it's if Michael Scott was actually great at like you know his his job as a yeah, businessman, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was even you know Michael Scott was a little savvy in there, but like it was, <laughs> but even down to like the meeting of the five families reminded me yeah. of that episode of The Office where they had to like bring the people together. Uh, and, that's like, true. Yeah. That's true. The five families is a Godfather reference for you kids yeah. out there, and and it's it's. It's you know he takes care he takes out one of the head of the five families yeah here it's not <laughs> like Corleone taking them all out at the same <laughs> yeah. time but yeah. he's gonna go one by one certainly there's a list so um, anything, I'm think yeah, yeah I'm still curious to know how much you know Adam just was doing this just for you know the end you know mm. payout because oh, he knows that this isn't sustainable for the parachute payout. I mean, yeah, just writing it out. Like, Mm. you know, Mm. I mean, how much business sense does he have? Because everyone with business sense is saying, you know, why is he trying to scale so fast? Because he needs that money. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't get that money, he's going nowhere. So, um, yeah, just interesting. I I think he wants to see how far he can go. Mm -hmm. I think he actually is inspired by this and wants to see what he can Mm -hmm. create. And he's deluded himself that he uh, doesn't have to have responsibility for the things that he's doing. And eventually, of course, that will happen, as we saw in the first few scenes of the first episode, yeah. that there is a reckoning coming, if nothing else. And we got to mention, too, he yeah. just keeps spending more than yes. they're bringing in. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Miguel calls him out saying, yeah, you brag to Masa that it's a $1.8 billion profit, but we've got, we're spending $1.9 billion, so we're yeah. not going to yeah. make any money. We're going to be a, a loss leader, uh, which you can have loss leaders in business. It can't be your main business. That, mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Any other things we we should touch on that we didn't hit on in the episode that you guys want to talk about? Um, I, I mean, I mentioned Cameron. Is there anything more to say about Cameron? Uh, he had the best line in yeah. the whole yeah, go ahead. $4.4 billion is the worst thing that happened to that wanker. <laughs> also, <laughs> he does know he doesn't have to spend it all by midnight. I love his lines. Yeah. Yeah. They're peppering him in slowly but yeah. surely, and I have a feeling Cameron's going to be a bigger character as things start to fall apart yeah, uh, for, God, for we so. work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because uh, OT is doing a fantastic job. All right, well, I think we've covered just about everything we can on episode five. We'll see what's coming here in six, seven, and eight. We appreciate it. As I said earlier, please remember, if you're going to share this video, we'd love it if you did, put that 
hashtag we talk we crash on there uh we talk we crash that would be great to see it and if you want to send in your comments again shows at hollywoodcriticsassociation.com shows at hollywoodcriticsassociation.com is where you send your comments remember to comment down below subscribe hit a like on this video and share it on your social media as i've told you three separate times for Nikki Fowler and Griffin Schiller, I am John Roca. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week with episode six of We Talk, We Crash on the Hollywood Critics Association YouTube page. Take care until then. <laughs>